award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. It's 2021. Oh, man. I love it. Man, Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. And we got Mr. Jason Holland with us today. Yes, sir. And it's going to be a fun conversation. He's going to come back for another show, too, I think. I, I know. I think we've done a couple shows already. Yeah. We ain't even started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jason's a funny guy, and he's a, a great fisherman. And we're going to talk fishing today, bass fishing mainly. Uh, it's uh, it's wintertime. But we're going to try to get to the basics. It's yeah. a new year. Good, and good place to start. Good, good time to start with yeah. some of the basics of bass fishing and get folks uh, familiar with rods and reels and line and bait and all that kind of stuff. Sounds good. Give a few secrets on how to catch them. Uh-huh. And uh, we'll see where it goes. See what happens. We're winging it. Jason's good to have you. Thank you. Good to be here. Don, don't get us confused. Jason, Jason. I know. Jason I, I Holland, was, Jason Harmon. It's going to be tough. But I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. Well, just throw something at me if you need me to talk or right. to shut up. That's probably the easiest way to do it. All right. Uh, but anyway. Well, hey, speaking of basics, I, yeah. you know, I, I've just met Jason for the first time uh, today. So, Jason, give me a, give me a little background. Where, where are you from originally, and uh, and and how'd you get into all this stuff? Well, I'll uh, I'll start a little bit about where I uh, originally came from. I uh -huh. actually grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Okay, uh, which is surprising with this accent, I understand. <laughs> but uh, my dad, uh, it still is a uh, traveling minister. So okay. as a kid. Uh, we traveled around uh, all over the country, actually, uh -huh. and he wound up taking a church in Detroit when I was, uh, give or take, six or seven, so stayed there about five or six years, and then wound up moving to Tennessee. Okay. So you can imagine a kid from Detroit moving to the smallest county in Tennessee, which was Chester <laughs> County. It had a grand total of 500 people in the entire town. Wow. Uh, there was more people on my block than there was in the town, but uh, so, so went through that whole kind of... Uh, just life change. You grew uh -huh. up in a concrete jungle. The next thing you know, I'm in a little town, and everybody uh, hunted and fished. And so if you wanted to have friends, you better learn how to hunt and fish. And so that's really <laughs> where my passion for fishing started was in, uh, in high school. Uh, went with buddies. Uh, both of my grandfathers were into fishing. They both made baits. Uh, one was into cat fishing, and one was into crappie fishing. And my dad was into bass fishing. Okay. So uh, just kind of grew up around it and uh, fell in love with it, got a passion for it. And uh, unfortunately, that's now all that I want to do. <laughs> I got a full-time job, and so trying to always balance, you know, the, the responsibilities of a home and a family of a real job, but still having that uncontrolled passion for fishing is, uh, I think there's a lot of guys out there that uh, fall into that bucket just yeah, like myself. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. You're right. Well, we went on a little trip not long ago, and, and if you're listening and watching, make sure you check out our YouTube page. We'll be putting out some videos here pretty soon, uh, fishing with Jason. And uh, you got a nice boat rigged out, got all kinds of cool gear. You're in it to win it. I mean, you got it all. I think it's uh, – yeah. uh, you're you're in hardcore for sure. Well, I am. And, you know, the great thing about that whole process, and I think this fits for most fishermen, is that it didn't start there. Right. right? So my first boat was, uh, like a lot of us, was an aluminum 16-foot John boat that had uh, – uh -huh. the motor was me and an oar. And, uh, you know, I just had some, some basic Walmart uh, fishing rigs and, and, you know, just didn't know, didn't know really what to do. Yeah. And I just kind of hopped in the boat and uh, we had a couple ponds around my house and a couple creeks and wound up wading creeks and fishing that way and get out in the John boat. And, you know, so as a young teenager, you don't have any money. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And 
there's more something. time than money. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And so I got to, and I think that's really where when I look now at you know I've been fishing pretty much my whole life, and looking back, and those are probably some of the most fun times I really had. Uh, didn't have any expectation. Uh-huh. If I caught a fish, it was a great day. Yeah. Uh, and so now as you as you progress and you get you know you go from one boat to the next, I think I've upgraded probably eight to nine times uh, to get what I finally got in my dream boat. Yeah. But you know what people don't see is all those years behind. When you got to go and, and yeah. spend time and, and learn and you break things and wreck boats. I've dropped boats off trailers, uh, <laughs> about sunk two boats. Just, you know, you just don't know what you don't know. And I think that's probably the greatest thing about fishing is that I like to equate it to golf. It's one of those sports that you, you never get, you never hit the top. You're mm-hmm. always learning. You, right. You can fish till you're 100 and you're still learning something every single day. And that's what, for me, the uh, I do uh, competitive bass fish, showing up fish tournaments and things. And that's... A whole different aspect, uh-huh. but just going out and, and spending time uh, on on the water fishing, I just don't know if life gets any better than those moments. You're catching <laughs> or not catching, you're yeah. still having a blast, and yeah. that's I think that's the true sign of a passion is when you do it and you don't do very good at it, but you still love it, and that's uh, just kind of where I'm at. I think there's a lot of guys that are that yeah, way. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Right. Well, you mentioned just meeting him tonight, uh, but we've we've. Uh, met before and we got to talking he's a drummer too so you, oh no kidding yeah he's I, done it all it's crazy all there, right. there's so many crazy layers of this onion i mean we, we don't have the time or the tape to get into uh, all those different things but yeah uh i played uh, for years still uh, still play a little bit but uh was a studio studio drummer for about four years huh. and uh played all the uh, all the honky tonks on broadway and on seconds yeah. um I played uh, what used to be the Somme Center before it was uh, Bridgestone. Yeah, uh, I actually played two uh, two concerts there, which was probably the highlight of my drumming oh, career. Neat. Had about That's thirty thousand cool. people, so That's thought I was a rock star and figured out real fast uh, <laughs> I wasn't. So who were you playing with when uh, when you mostly did that? Uh, either uh, Southern Gospel, uh-huh. a lot of Southern Gospel. I of course grew up in the church, and uh-huh. that's uh, where I cut my teeth. And then uh, uh, a lot of Black Gospel, uh-huh. and so uh, actually went uh, two years of community college, but then. Uh, two and a half years to uh, a place called Indiana Bible College, which was a uh, kind of a uh, minister, preacher, as well as they had a whole section of music, and I went there for the music side I of gotcha. things. So yeah. got to travel uh, all over the country and uh, playing for gospel groups, and it was a great, uh, oh, it was a great time. If yeah. I was good enough, I would still be doing it, <laughs> making a living at it, but I had a lot of passion and not a lot of skill. So, <laughs> well, when Jason and I can both vouch for the fact that music opens up tons of doors. I mean, you, you, I'm sure you can relate to that. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's funny that we're on the tour here talking about fishing, but uh, the, the music, it, it, anytime you kind of get into a specific industry, if you can dial in that in and build those relationships, because everything moves at the speed of that relationship. And uh-huh. so doors got opened uh, musically because mm-hmm. of uh, knew, I knew this person who knew that person who knew that person. And so now uh, my older brothers are still uh, – we moved to Nashville in the early 90s, and he's uh-huh. been in the music business ever since then and been on tour with, uh, you name it, uh, Florida Georgia Line, Dirk Bentley, Kanan Smith. And mm. it's, uh, he's still in that business, of course. Okay. It's been, the last year has been pretty tough for the, right. yeah. because of COVID. But, uh, you know, so we both kind of were in that music vein. He stayed in that, and then uh, I kind of went off and chased a corporate job because I have, uh, you know, wife and children and <laughs> yeah. bills and so uh he's single and a and, boat passion and a fishing yeah, passion I mean, he's got, yeah, yeah. Uh, everything we're talking about takes a massive amount of money yeah. and uh unfortunately uh, except today we're going to show them how we can we can do it we can uh, do it absolutely with, you, know. you, you can do it to, you don't have to go out and have a 500 hundred dollar rod and reel set up uh to have a, not only a great time but actually enjoy your passion uh-huh. and that's 
again, it's I keep going back to golf, but it's the same way. You don't have to go out and buy a thousand dollar set of ping irons. Mm. Yeah, uh, you can go to your local used, you know, play it against sports and pick up a, a nice set of clubs and go out and have a fun. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, it's really it, it's the progression. You don't have, definitely don't have to go out and spend thousands of dollars to get into fishing. Literally, you can go take about fifty bucks and mm-hmm. go to Walmart or Academy or Bass Pro and pick you up a rod and reel combo and a few baits and. Obviously, buy your fishing license. Exactly. Buy your fishing license. GoOutdoorsTennessee.com. There you go. (laughs) Nice shameless plug there. But, uh, I mean, you don't have to go out and just spend a bunch of money. And especially with COVID, because now, obviously, a lot of people have uh, wanted to go out and explore the outdoors. Sure. Things have slowed down. Life has basically reset. Yeah. Uh And so we've all seen just an overall uptick and people want to get out and, you know, just RV sales and fishing sale just a whole outdoor experience and so you take a guy that's you know it's got a family uh it's got a couple kids he doesn't have a bunch of extra money especially this whatever thing we went through a bunch of extra money to go out and spend thousands of dollars to try to get into something but you don't have to Mm -hmm. go get your fishing license set aside you know 25 bucks a week for a month and then you can go and basically rig out yourself your wife your couple kids and you can go out and explain anything it's not Yes, we all want to go and catch fish, and we're going to talk about how to catch fish. But it's more than just the the actual fishing and the actual catching of that fish. Mm -hmm. See, of our experience, I mean, they write country songs about it. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, it's so it's uh, there's no better time. And uh, of course, I've got uh, an older child, but I've still got some younger ones at home. And and that's whenever I ask them, "Hey, what do you love to do?" and it's go fishing with dad. That's good. It's not Disney World. It's not uh, wherever that we take them, which they enjoy. But that one on one time that you can get. With them sitting on the side of a bank or in a John boat or wherever the wherever you're fishing doesn't matter. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's that experience, making and, that memory. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what ultimately matters uh-huh. is when we're all old and decrepit and can't get out of the chair. Uh, those memories that we got with our children that we built in them and instilled in them. That's ultimately where, when yeah. it all boils down. That's what really matters. They're going to remember it. They're yeah. going to remember it. Yeah. yeah, we I mean we went fishing this past summer at Bledsoe Creek here in Middle Tennessee. My son caught a bass. Yeah. And then just this week, he said, hey, let's let's see if mom and and, and, the, and my sister will stay home and, and we can go back up to Bledsoe and catch some fish. <laughs> <laughs> so he's already trying to drag me out there. So I need I just need to do it. Yeah, you just got to. It's yeah. a little cold right now to go out there. But hey, I mean, the, the tougher the challenge, the more they remember it. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So it's uh, fi- there's something about fishing. I, I don't know. Uh, I think it's just how the good Lord made us. There's something about hunting and fishing that not only does it reconnect you with nature, but it's one of those experiences that when you do it with someone else, especially someone else that you love, yeah. uh, it just forms a bond and you go back to those memories. Uh, I don't know how it works. I'm not smart enough to figure that out. I just know it works. <laughs> yeah. And that's some of the fondest memories I have of my grandfather was not Christmas time with a bunch of gifts. It was sitting in his basement pouring, you know, pouring fishing ways to go catch catfish mm-hmm. uh, or going uh they lived in kentucky we'd go below the dam and we catch crappie uh and they were i mean they were hardcore i oh, mean it I was dude, there was no talking there was no radio <laughs> i mean these were old school fishermen that we're it, catching supper yeah we're yeah. catching fish coming and, home with us yeah, if you talk if you make too much noise and you're going to scare the fish which is absolutely ridiculous but <laughs> it doesn't matter if you ever fish with this guy you know it's going to be a loud trip no. yeah they, my granddad said the same thing yeah, and, yeah. and maybe it's just that generation yeah. uh but uh-huh. Looking back on it, they, the way I figured fishing, especially if you're, get, you're getting young ones into fish, uh, into that whole process, what I figured out, especially with my own kids, is for me, I love to go bass fishing. And uh-huh. if I go out and I catch five or six in a day, maybe ten, it is a fantastic day. Yeah, You catch four or five fish in a day with a kid, 
they're going to jump out and swim back to shore, and they're ready to go home. Mm-hmm. They got the you know the short attention span. So what I figured out with my own kids is go to a place, a pond, a lake, wherever that's you know full of small panfish. Go get a little bit of worms or some grubs or something that you know are going to get. Get them out there. They don't care how big the fish is. Yeah. They care less how it pulls. They don't care about the. They don't care about any of the stuff that we care about. <laughs> they just want to be able to reel that thing in and look at it, take pictures with it. Yeah. So if you got kids and you're trying to get them into fishing, don't. If you're into bass fishing, don't take them bass fishing the first time. They'll be miserable. And their 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 memories of their first few times going going fishing will be, hey, you got to be quiet and you're not going to catch many fish. Take them out. Go get some crickets. Yeah. You know, and just absolutely slay them. Mm-hmm. And that's the memory that they're going to remember. They don't care about any of the stuff that we care about. And it's it's paid dividends. And that'll keep them coming back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you want that first memories to be, man, we went and caught a bunch of fish, and it was not boring and be quiet. And if you talk, you're going to get hit <laughs> yeah. you know, hit with a rod. Yeah. The kinda, last hunting trip makes, was, <laughs> there was a lot of talking. There was no deer. A lot <laughs> yeah. of talking. Kind of makes me think about the winter trout program, too, you know. I mean, that's another opportunity. in this this Even in the colder weather, mm-hmm. you know, you can take the kid out and and hopefully use some natural bait or whatever and, Absolutely. and catch some of those things, take them home and eat them. Yeah. Well, and, and especially when you take it to that point and when you're actually to your point, Don, is when you're taking it home and, and you catch it, you clean it, you eat it, uh, that whole circle or that whole process, yeah. uh, it's, again, it's built into our DNA. Uh-huh. And there, there's something about, uh, for personally for myself, I make a lot of my own baits. Uh, and there's something when I go in my garage and I pour a jig and I make the you know the the head and put the hook in it and I paint it and I build the skirt and the whole process, and then to take that and go out to the lake and actually catch a fish on something that I made, yeah, I, right. it, it elevates the whole process. Uh-huh. And that is uh, when you're talking about panfish and you're catching crappie or bluegill and then you you have a fish fry, and that pride, especially you know if you got a, a younger child. That pride that they get from, uh-huh. hey, I caught this, and now we're eating it. Uh, again, it just elevates the whole experience. And that's what you want. I mean, yeah. you want them enjoying the whole process. That's what keeps them keeps them coming back. Yeah. And then hopefully they have kids and teach your grandkids, and that whole circle just keeps on going. So. Well, before we run out of time. Are we already out of time? <laughs> no, 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 we're <laughs> Thank not. Thank God. Listen, I, I can talk, <laughs> as you guys have figured out. Talking is not the issue. Keeping me on track uh, is going to be the problem. Okay. Well, we're going to jump. We were talking here. We're rods and reels, right? <laughs> right, rods okay, and reels. Yeah. All right. So you've brought some rods and reels with us. We're going to focus on basic bass fishing today, or introducing you to bass fishing, and we're going to talk about rods and reels. So you got a lot of reels laying in front of you. I do. So Take uh, it away. So a couple things we're going to before we jump into them, so what I brought today was bait casting reels. Uh-huh. So there's bait casting, uh, there's spinning reels, and then there's the old Zebco 33, the old push button, which most of us start on. Yeah. And uh, I didn't bring any of those to talk about, but we will. We'll, we'll kind of talk about those a little bit. Did you bring your Snoopy rod or your Barbie rod? Uh, I actually brought um, my. Uh, oh. <sighs> Lord, what do they call it? Uh, the Frozen. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah my yeah. Uh, my daughter was the, right. so her let it go. Let it go. Let, <laughs> let it go. After I bought that rod and took my daughter out with it, that's exactly what I was saying. Honey, we gotta let that thing go. We are struggling. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to invest ten dollars instead of five dollars next time because this is. But today we're gonna focus on the baitcaster. Hopefully, if they don't kick me out and let me come back and do a show, we'll uh, we'll talk about spinning reels and some other things. But today we're gonna talk about baitcasters. Okay. Uh, and they can be a little overwhelming. If you go into a Bass Pro or an Academy or somewhere and uh-huh. you see a whole rack of spin, uh, of baitcasting reels, you're like, what in the world am I supposed to be using? Especially if you know it's kind of in your first time or you haven't fished that much. Uh, it can be a little overwhelming. But it doesn't have to be. Uh, I believe strictly in the, the old KISS method to keep it simple, stupid. And 
turn around and get just the basic all-around reel. So uh, what I've got, uh, for those that are watching, is a bait casting reel. But um, when you look at them, there's a couple things you want to look at. Uh, first of all, you want to look at the size of the reel. So these the are profile. Is that what yeah, okay. exactly. So I've got these are low profile reels that I've got here, but uh, they make bigger profiles, kind of like the, um, the open faced, the old uh, what they used to have before these came out, which mm-hmm. we all grew up on. It looks kind of like a miniaturized um, deep sea fishing reel. Right. Oh yeah. Those are tough. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, if that's what I first started fishing with. I'm like, I'm never going to learn how to throw this thing because mm-hmm. it is not easy. But like everything else with technology, it's gotten better and much easier. And so these reels, they fit your hand a lot better. But what you want to look at is uh, it's been, uh, the bait casting reel, but you want to look at what's called the gear ratio. And this is where everybody gets – it can be a little confusing. Uh-huh. All, a gear, all a gear ratio means it's much like a uh, – think of a 10-speed bike. And so the different gears, uh, depending on – you can get more torque, mm-hmm. uh, more speed by changing gears. And, and same thing with the reel. Okay. So the higher the gear ratio – the more line it's going to pick up every every full turn of that reel. Uh-huh. All right, so I'm not I'm not going to overcomplicate this. The higher the, the higher the gear ratio is, the more line every time you turn it, it's going to pick up. They got them anywhere from 5.3 to one, and when you see that 5.3 to one or 6.2 or 6.4, 7.1, on and on and on, and it says 0.1, what that's saying is it's going to pick up those many inches per one time one turn of the handle. Okay, so. What you want to look for is a middle-of-the-road gear ratio. So you want something that is in the 6, so 6.1, 6.2, 6.4 to 1. That's a great all-around reel. It's not too fast. It's not too slow. It's just as basic as it gets. And you can you can absolutely fish with anything you want to with that gear ratio. Okay. So when you look at it, look for 6.something to 1. Okay. That's pretty simple. So why yeah. would you want to have a higher ratio or lower ratio? Is that because of the bait you're throwing? Abs- everything... Gear ratio revolves around bait. So sometimes you want to pick up a bunch of lines. So say, for instance, you're fishing a worm. Mm-hmm. I'm just a plain Texas rig worm. We've all seen those. When you pick that up, you raise it up, and the bait falls back down. You got all this slack that you just picked up with your reel, with mm-hmm. your line. Uh, excuse me, with your rod. Right. So now you got the slack. So you got to get that slack up. And so the faster you can pick up the slack, the more you'll be able to fish that bait effectively. So you can jump to a, a you know six four or an eight three to one. And all you're doing is just picking up slack. On the reverse side of that, say you want to fish a bait real slow. And if you're like me, pretty high strung, you have a tendency to go <laughs> way too fast. I mean, I want to I mean, I want to try to get that you get that cast out, get it in, do it again, over and over and over, yeah. trying to catch the fish. Well, especially this time of year, it's a prime example is everything in the water is moving slow. Mm-hmm. It's cold. It's cold. They're lethargic. Everything is just slowed down dramatically. And so if you got a bait that's just burning through there, that doesn't look natural at all. And yeah. so if you get a situation, say you're fishing a crankbait, that you want to go real slow, you want to try to match what the, the bait fish are doing, that just slow movement, get a gear ratio that's slower. And so even if you don't have the physical ability to slow down like I do, <laughs> that gear ratio will basically force you, because you keep spinning at the same speed you always done, but everything slows down. Uh-huh. And so, again, those are, those are the nuances or those the, are the additional tricks that you can learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're just getting into fishing, say you're just getting into golf, you're just trying to hit the ball straight. We're not trying to do a fade or, a, uh, or anything crazy. Yeah. All you want to do is say, get that middle of the road. 6.1, 6.4. You got it. Okay. 6.1 to 6.4 to 1. Mm-hmm. That's really where you want to stay. If you stay in that, 
uh, you're going to be absolutely fine. Don's already scrolling Amazon over trying to find him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've so, ordered two already. <laughs> you've brought a few in with you. Uh, not we're not promoting any brands or anything really. Maybe you are. I don't know what's your favorite yeah. rod and reel, but show us what you got there and and. Uh, the differences and whatnot. Sure. So uh, these are Lou's reels. Uh, I'm a big fan of Lou's. Uh, raise it up a little bit. Yeah, raise it up a little bit. So hey, we, we, there you go. There right you there. go. Everybody can see it now. I'm on a televised uh, <laughs> radio radio show. show. <laughs> too yeah, many, if, th- too many you're things for my four brain. <laughs> if you're listening, tune in. <laughs> yeah. So uh, these are Lou's. Uh, not sponsored by Lou's. I buy them just like everybody else does. But uh, I found they're they're my favorite reel. Mm-hmm. Um, Shimano makes a good reel. Uh, Abu Garcia makes a good reel. Uh, Bass Pro, uh, their brand is a fantastic reel. And actually, I throw a pro qualifier. Yeah, I like pro, it. I, listen, I've fished pro qualifiers for 10 years. Yeah. Love them. Mm-hmm. And you can, especially if they do when coming up and they're spring fishing, you can pick them up for 50, 60 bucks. Yeah. Uh, is that as cheap as you can get, say, a Black Max uh, at Walmart? No, you can get them about $30, $35. But Again, it's just really where your budget is. Mm-hmm. Again, you don't have to go out and spend three hundred dollars on uh-huh. a fishing reel to get a good reel. But uh, a couple things about the reels: so they make all different types of reels within a bait caster. So I'm not going to get too far in the weeds, but when you look at them, you're going to have uh, some that are made for real heavy duty fishing. So say you're fishing uh, a frog at the grass uh, down in Gunnersville, Alabama, super thick grass. You need something just to absolutely winch those out. Or you're fishing, say, a big swim bait uh, on, on chick, and you're throwing a two, three-ounce swim bait. Uh, you need a heavier-duty reel. And so, actually, this loose reel says on the side of it, the name of it is Super Duty. I mean, it's oh. pretty pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> That's the HD the, version right yeah, there. If yeah. you need something, and all, all, that, one time. Yeah, all that really means is that Everything is beefed up. The gears are beefed up. The drag is beefed. It's just it's just a more heavy duty. Uh-huh. Um, so you mentioned drag, and I, I want you to hit on that because that's some things that goes yes. along with a baitcaster that you need to know about. That's actually a uh, yeah, that'd be a great time to talk about. Okay. It. So uh, you got basically you've got three knobs on a baitcaster reel. You got the little star right here next to the reel handle. That is your drag. So drag, you got to think about drag as. When you pull on that, so say you catch a bigger fish, and you've got that drag super tight, meaning that you can't pull that line off the spool of the reel, mm-hmm. what happens is if you get a bigger fish and you got him coming in, all of a sudden he makes a big hard run. If you got that drag real tight, well, it's got no, the line has nowhere to go. It doesn't have any give. It's going to snap it. So all your drag really is is basically think of it as it helps like a rubber band. Uh-huh. So it's part of the overall system of a rod and reel. Your rod gives you that parabolic bend like a big rubber band. Your drag is kind of that second line of defense. Uh-huh. So your rod will absorb. If he takes a big pull right when he gets especially smallmouth on Dale Hollow, they're a prime example. Yeah. You'll fight him. You think, oh, I got this sucker licked. Gets right up to the boat. He sees the boat and figures out, hey, he's hooked. Man, he is wide open. Or hears you. Yeah. <laughs> or hear me banging, screaming, yelling. It's usually what happens. Uh, they'll turn around. They'll make a real big hard run, try to go deep again. Your rod will absorb a lot of that stress, but your drag is kind of that second line of defense. Uh-huh. So you want that, as he pulls, that drag to give a little bit and allow him to pull some line so you're not stapping line. Sure. So that's a real high-level drag presentation. Yeah. Uh, then the next piece that you got on a bait caster is you got two brakes. You've got uh, the little small knob right next to your reel. Bring it up a little bit. Oh, here there we go. go. There we get, go. Fire me before I even get started. <laughs> you got the, the little tension knob here, uh-huh. and you got the magnetic brake on the side. Gotcha. You, you got a couple, some of them have them on the side where you can turn, some you have to take off the cover and adjust, but most reels nowadays have got this magnetic uh, 
kind of turn. And mine's got like 10 adjustments. Is that about what that has or something like that normally? It does. Okay. Exactly 10. Well, that's why I'm here. You're a mind reader. Yeah, I'm the (laughs) expert novice. (laughs) Thank the Lord we got the expert with us. We'd be in trouble. But all that these two knobs do is when I first started fishing, trying to learn to throw a bait caster was brutal. So just get ready for at least a couple months of being aggravated the whole time because you're just going to do nothing but backlash over and over and over. I spent hours in the driveway and in the backyard throwing it just practicing. Yeah. Well, and, and you still have to learn. Don't get me wrong. It just doesn't magically happen, though there are some uh, reels out now that are super expensive actually have microchips in them. Shimano makes one for like 600 bucks. Wow. That you literally could take, throw it against the wall with your finger off of it, and it won't backlash. Oh, wow. We're not, we're not going that route. Uh, That's not fishing. Nah, it's kind of like cheating. <laughs> <laughs> it's like cheating. you gotta, you got to get out and get mad and break things because you can't let a bait catcher. That's just part of the process. Yeah. Right? You're not fishing until you've cleaned out a bird nest. That's exactly right. But what's happened over, over years in the technology, they, they've really helped that whole process, especially for the guy that's getting into fishing that's used to throwing the push button Zebco 33, which yeah. is fine. We all started there. Oh, yeah. But uh, the technology has come along. So the, basically all these two knobs do is one, uh, when you first cast your line, you know how it starts to come off the spool, one knob helps that process. The other knob actually helps when it hits the water and all that kinetic energy comes back up into your reel. Uh-huh. From, you know, it's spinning, spinning, the, reel, the spool's spinning real fast and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it stops. The other magnetic break is to help with that. And so you got it when it first goes off the reel, and you got it when it uh, when the, the bait actually hits the water. Yeah. And so we won't go into a big tutorial of how you adjust those. Go to YouTube. YouTube's fantastic. It'll teach you how to, yeah. how, how to figure out how to dial those in. But just know all those are, are magnetic brakes to help slow down the spool from uh-huh. spinning and, and getting a bunch of backlashes. I mean, I'm one of those weekend fishermen, so I kind of keep mine on the low end because I can't handle it being wide open. I'll bird nest it every time. Uh, well, here's what I what I did for for many many years, and what I recommend. Well, yeah, I'll, we'll talk about drag here in a second again, but uh, tighten them down. When you first got it, you know, you're not going to yeah. get any distance. You're going to throw about ten yards, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh-huh. You're learning, but. Tighten it down, and so you're not dealing with a bunch of bird's nests. And once you kind of get that, you start feeling pretty good, and you're doing that pretty good, then just back them off, both of them, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then now you go from 10 yards to 15 yards in your cast. And all that you do is you just build a confidence level that, you know, you, you've done it. You know what it feels like. You know uh, you know what to expect, how you, how you stop the spool with your thumb. And you, you just gradually work into it. And then you'll get to a point when it just becomes second nature. You don't even think about it. Uh-huh. But talking about drag, one little tip I will give you is uh, on your drags, at the end of the day, make sure you back them down. Don't leave them tight, because if not, there's little washers in there that will turn around and they'll eventually warp, oh. and uh, you'll lose your drag. So oh. there's a pro <laughs> tip of the day for you. All right. Get done. Uh, only thing is, don't forget to tighten your drags when you go fishing again. Yeah. So, <laughs> or you'll be, yeah. That first cast would be yeah. a nasty. It'll be, uh, <laughs> so apparently Jason has turned on the music, which means we're out of time. We didn't hey. even talk about reels. You're learning fast. <laughs> Man, first time on Wildcast, and he knows when we're getting out. Hey, you brought your rods. Show them one. All right, anyway. Let's talk about rods real fast. And then next show, we're going to cover them in okay. depth. All right. So you got a minute. I got one minute. I better hurry up real fast. Uh, Baitcasting reels. This is a baitcasting rod. Uh, we're gonna go out and get a rod. Get a seven foot medium heavy with the fast action. If you don't know what that means, go to YouTube. It'll tell you that's the best all around rod for anything that you want to do. Seven foot medium heavy power, fast action. 
check out Cash and Rods if you're looking. They're my favorite. Yeah, and come back next week or the next time we have Mr. Jason Holland with us. Yeah. We're going to go in depth. I'm looking forward to that. All right, All right. good. Well, I didn't good get kicked deal. out my first time. No, nope, so you're coming hey. back. You're coming back because we got to cover that at least, and then we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, at Jason Holland Fishing. At Jason Holland Fishing. Check us out on Across Facebook the board. and on Instagram. And All right. YouTube. Awesome. All right. Well, keep coming back. Keep watching this show. Keep listening to this show. We're going to have Jason back uh, down the road. We're going to cover all kinds of cool things uh, 2021. So keep coming back. Don, thank you. You bet. Jason, thank you. Absolutely. Thank we'll you see you next time me. on Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.